Are we waiting on Kirsten still? Dude, she might be having the baby oh right now. Oh my god, do you think she is? Wow. At 1.46 p.m. today, she wrote, this whole place is going in the toilet. <laughs> so, that could have just been right before the epidural went in, I suppose. <laughs> I thought she was insinuating that you got COVID from the toilet. No. <laughs> Today on the Geek Help Podcast, Unity is charging its developers per game install. How could Unity do that? Unity, who I'm so familiar with. Marvel visual (laughs) effects workers unanimously vote to unionize. Another strike is coming. (laughs) And winning time has been canceled after two seasons. WTF. Nerdy is the new sexy. It's good to be a the Zones Geek Out, the podcast. It's the Zones Geek Out podcast. This is episode 257. We record this 23 minutes late on Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. It's okay. Paul was on the morning zone this morning and out on location. Are you back tomorrow? Do you have, have you gotten the call? I have gotten the call. I will be back on the morning tomorrow at least. Wow. Okay. So that's, you know what? I can forgive a little bit of lateness for a schedule that is that wonky, but it seems RIP Brian and RIP Kirsten for this pod. I'm Webmeister, but I don't know if I said this part yet. I host Bud's Weekly Geek Out Wednesdays at 720 with Paul and Jason in the Morning Zone. And you're looking great with the the purple and the background. You guys should see it. But uh, yeah. Oh, my lights, yeah. my little mm-hmm. IKEA globe lights. Thank you. Yeah, I've got them set to, um, I call it, or no, Kate, Kate calls it the by lights because we got one blue and one pink. Yeah, yeah it looks yeah, beautiful. Yeah, he's got a little button. The ambiance back there. Oh, do that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they do. It looks good. It's fine. Um, yeah, we really didn't, uh, at one one forty five p.m., we heard from Kirsten that this place is going in the toilet, <laughs> and then she never said anything else after that about joining or not joining on this podcast and that was in slack and i and i texted her i physically texted her which is usually oh. you know the high response urgent high urgency sure. uh, method of communication and she never got back to you nah guys i think i know what the problem is here <laughs> there seems to be a little baby inside of her that wants to come out <laughs> <sighs> wow or you guys maybe is coming out as we speak yes Oh. Yeah. Oh. I know. Isn't that exciting? I guess my guess of the 31st of October. <laughs> yeah, of I think October. your guess for uh, the Kirsten baby pool of September 31st, a date which does not exist, mm-hmm. I guess that won't be the winner this time, Art. I think I was two weeks past as well with my last, with last, with Indy. So. Really? Wow. This just built upon my... My, my guessing game. Well, listen, we don't know. We don't know what's going on. Obviously, her phone could have fallen in the toilet. You know, maybe she maybe she sent the message where this whole place is going in the toilet as she, she hit sand. <laughs> she dropped phone, her right. phone in the toilet. Who knows what's going on? Makes maybe perfect she's, sense. Yeah. yeah, just eating pie and having a nice night to herself. But uh, <laughs> I hope she's having a baby. Uh, Art Aronson, Stormtrooper, happy to be here. Every day is the Super Bowl. Happy to be here in studio with the COVID survivor, the mm. early morning wake-up guy, <laughs> superstar. The superstar. In- the most interesting Instagram story, everything. <laughs> oh, Paul Fostino in studio with him. So yeah. much fun. Thank you. Superstar, superspreader. <laughs> uh, Paul Fostino, happy to be here as well. Thank you so much. Like alive or in the room? Uh, yeah, alive. I... Uh, 
That's true. I just did. I had another little bout skis of COVID here. I'd have to check the tape. I don't know how many times this is having it for me. I think it's only the second time. Um, it's only the second that I recall, but really, okay. No, I'll I'll, ch- I'll, I'll take your judgment on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I got a real bad time in COVID and had to sit out all of Rifflandia and uh, just sat at home, becoming isolated and weird and drawing in the shades. If anyone tried to talk to me, um, so that was that. Also, uh, I want to say last week, thank you all so much um, for putting up with my <laughs> tantrum as I listened back to it. I was like, wow, I really was pitching a fit, and I felt bad because. Certainly what I could have framed it as was, you know, I I just went barreling straight into like, oh, someone rigged on me on Reddit. And what I could have easily done was, you know, framed it. Oh, you know, there was this really nice post about Brian and that's what it was about. (laughs) It was about the mixtape and there was a lot of really nice words being said. And I made it about you just so (laughs) to be getting ripped on. I didn't even mention that. And then when poor Brian was like trying to chime in, I just was like screaming and screaming so i just want to apologize for, for to brian <laughs> last week because he's had a, a couple of weeks himself you know dealing with the end of this mixtape and everything and uh anyways my feelings were hurt so i was screaming but you know i think i had this thought though i thought this was good insight sometimes i was just forcing around horsing around and having fun of course but sometimes you get to the place where you think that because you're being self-deprecating it's absolves you of also being self-centered. I think that was what was going on for me because I was, you know, ragging kind of on myself and doing it for fun and for yuck-em-ups. I, I, I wasn't thinking about also the other human beings that were involved and in fact involved more in what was going on last <laughs> week. There's, right, exactly. there's a narcissism it's, there, but that's okay. Uh, well, An entire thread about the mixtape and one thing about Paul. <laughs> it makes it all about him. That was what was going on for me last week. That was my <laughs> preamble portion. So, anywho, I just want to say I recognize that. Uh, I don't necessarily apologize for it. <laughs> You're aware of. I'm aware. I have an amount of self-awareness, which I think is a strength for me. Thanks, oh. Ashton and Mila. Great. <laughs> oh, my God. Ashton no, no, and that Mila. was the gag of aware of, you know. Uh, oh, by, oh, speaking of them, by the way, yeah. that has turned out for the word. I don't know if that made it on this cue sheet for this week, but we, we talked about that last week, yep. Ashton and Mila, and how it wasn't such a hot look for them to be uh, oh. defending their friend, a rapist <laughs> and yeah. Ashton has had to come off of like a charitable board that he was a part of. Oh geez. Yeah. Yeah. He was on some like children's charity and they were like, Oh, you, you trust that man with your children. Okay. That's yeah. well, yeah. I don't know so much about your judgment now. I, sp- I guess is what happens. And you're right. Their apologies kind of just like they were just digging their own graves more and more. Yeah. Yeah. They were non-apologies, just like mine. (laughs) But for something far less egregious, my God. (laughs) Or theirs was more egregious. Okay. Yeah. And your? Oh, did I not say? I don't believe so. He did. He said he's happy to be here. Public zone. Happy to be here. Oh, did he? Okay. okay, Afternoon zone, morning zone, jack of all trades, hired gun, whatever you need. I'm the hand solo of this whole radio station, and it's all going (laughs) to the toilet. (laughs) Well, this week on Bud's Weekly Geek Out. 
The entire internet, or at least the entire community of game developers, is mad at Unity. I would class Unity as the second most popular gaming engine out there. And a gaming engine, again, is sort of the architecture in which you build a game. So it's... you know, you've got your collisions and your and your scripting and your uh, uh, AI and your action. Like it's it's how you piece by piece put a game together, like Pokemon Go or Among Us or Fall Guys or Beat Saber or Untitled Goose Game or Genshin Impact or Cuphead. All these games are authored within the Unity game engine, and out of nowhere, with no consultation, they just up and said they're going to start charging game developers for every time one of the games that is made in their engine is installed on a computer and this begins january 1st 2024 but is retroactive to all games that exist oh boy in unity so any new installs of old games will also get discharged which is anywhere from a penny per install to 20 cents per install but i mean 20 cents on a million installs of a popular game is two hundred thousand dollars which you know some of these indie studios i would say don't have to spare and mm. there has been a reckoning. Mm. And uh, yeah, the, the the community at large is very ticked at Unity right now. Yeah, this is dirty pool. This is a, a bad maneuver that not a standard operating procedure. Total break of trust, total cash mm. grab, mm. total bad business. And the thing is, they went public in 2020. And this is seemingly the latest in a long string of fairly short-sighted business decisions that have had the gaming community at large giving Unity the side eye, but this one has caused such uh, anger. So is it is that legal? Can they do that? Will this? I, 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 I suppose technically it is because it's their it's their product, which by the way they already charge um, two thousand United States dollars per year to use on their uh on their lower paid plan and five thousand united states dollars per year for a, for a, like a mm. higher end triple a industry plan so yeah you already pay for it there is a free version but it's you know it's like free versions uh but yeah they're gonna start charging you money i don't hate so. the idea on their side like if that's how you're gonna but you gotta do that up front that has to yep. be part of the deal right like absolutely and yep. they should do that uh, you gotta pay us a penny every time this thing gets downloaded and if you're if you know the, the a, a game gets downloaded for what 20 to 80 dollars I wanna say and it depends you know a, they're all different a penny to 20 cents off of each download get, goes back to unity I guess not you know up front when I know I'm gonna bake those into my costs that's fine that's fine for me and that keeps money rolling into Unity's pockets because would you say two to five thousand dollars as licensing fee per year? That's not that much. Um, no, probably not. Compared to what you said was possibly a two hundred thousand dollar payday. Uh, yes, yeah. So, so again, if you bake that into those upfront operating costs, that is actually makes sense for Unity to work into their deals. But no, 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 you can't do that. To, uh, retroactively, certainly, yeah. and after the fact, right? Yeah, yeah. So it took five days. It took five days. But Unity, basically, they just add a little box to their blog post where they announced this uh, this scheme. And it was, you know, your very corporate speak of, we hear you, we will be analyzing, we'll get back to you in a couple days. And, yeah. that, and that's, the last, that's the last we've heard of it. So. 
They're altering the deal. Yeah. On yeah, Sunday, Unity posted up. a tweet saying, we apologize for the confusion and the angst. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> angst the is... Angst. The angst. Yeah, that's, that's a great <laughs> word. Is that how you characterize it? Uh, that's so minimizing. That's like, oh, go cry in your bedroom that you need to pay us $200,000 now. This is nothing but <laughs> angst. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, unbelievable. Uh, so what will happen here is that uh, these developers and others will just simply not deal with Unity anymore, I suppose, right? They'll just deal with Correct. Different, yeah. yeah, like so many of them have already said won't work with Unity again, changing engines. There's a big problem where a bunch of these games are already too far down the pipe to change at this point, mm-hmm. um, you know, and they'll probably have to deal with this. But I mean... How do you come back from this? This is just this is just a bad business practice, you know. Like, who's going to trust you after you do this? It's a poisonous sort of uh, act, and it is, yeah, rightly so, biting them in the butt. It's very uh, pennywise and pound foolish. I mean, maybe they're just looking for a little bit of a windfall. They make two hundred thousand dollars one time times by however many games or whatever and then they just cash out and they're trying to get out of this business and they're, <laughs> they're right like maybe they're just calling it and they just want one final payday to, to wrap it up I don't know that's a weird choice yeah hard to say and Unity is the game engine taught in a lot of educational institutions right uh, so if you take a course on game development they're using Unity and they sort of learned what Adobe learned in that if you can be the system that they teach, you will be the system that wins when these people get out into the working world. Sure. So they do have a bit of a, a throttle and a, a bit of a stranglehold on the, the industry and the, and the learning industry. And, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they retain that. Coming soon. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. First trailer for Monsters of California in theaters December 5th. This, of course, is the Tom DeLonge of Blink-182 directed movie about his favorite hobby, aliens. And it's done in the most stereotypical pot smoky bro kind of way Uh, but it looks like it has some interesting points so he has he like garnered enough credibility i think that there are government sources that have responded to him Um, i feel like he has gotten to that point yeah and i'm wondering how he was able to make this movie and who would fund this movie uh, credibility with- and fame are two different things. Okay, true, true, true. And the company behind it is something called Screen Media Films, which I will admit I have not heard of, uh, but that doesn't mean anything. But they're uh, undoubtedly a smaller city. I was listening to another podcast and they were laughing about this. Um, <laughs> but they did say that he had like really brought some credibility upon himself in some of these endeavors he's been looking into. So I would say that's true. You, you would say that's true? Yeah. yeah. I he's th- certainly I think, passionate about this topic. Yeah. And he kind of 
because he had such a screwball, goofball persona before with Blink-182. Like, everything was just a joke. But when he left, fully left the band to focus very seriously on Aliens. That really says something. Yeah, after a while, it kind of did lend some credibility. Now... He's back in Blink-182, and he's making B-movies, so I don't know what. <laughs> Do you guys see, watch this trailer? It yes. Looks, it looks horrible. Do you think so? <laughs> Absolutely horrid, guys. I watched the first 25 seconds, and I'm like, nope. Really? <laughs> Heart's out. Um, yeah, it was, I don't know, it was neat and interesting, and then I was like, okay, well, I guess he's trying to make a kind of a serious movie, and then in came the Blink-182 soundtrack. <laughs> oh my god, I was waiting for that. I was like, I, shot. I was like, there's no way, there's no yeah. way that he'll put his own music in his movie trailer. Like He, he kind of is like, that's my music, but this is my, my film art, and I am taking this seriously. Nope! nope. Nope, here's Blink-182 music. Is it Aliens yeah. Exist? It really is, isn't it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great song, but still. Oh, I don't know if it is. Oh, yeah, probably it is that song. I don't know. <laughs> but the movie looks okay. I'm so sorry that Kirsten isn't here because I feel like she really had some she was into it. Some some teeth for this thing, yeah. Um, and I just thought it was like the silliest thing. But it looks kind of fun. It is certainly like just a B movie. There's... Oh, God. But I think fun enough. <laughs> I'd watch it. With the lack of shit coming out right now. Yeah. Fair enough. Maybe this would be something. Well, it's not going to. Nobody's going to go to the theater and watch this, I don't think. No. I looked at what's playing in the theater the other day, and I was like, oh, nothing. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> not right. We have precious little time with the Capital Six still in this town oh, before they tear it down. No kidding. And this horrible strike, nothing is playing. It's such a bummer. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. Well, next up, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, the seventh in the Aquaman series. No, wait, it's only the second movie. I got that wrong. <laughs> this will be in theaters on December 20th, and ooh, it's it's a story trailer, you know? Yeah. Um, what does he say? Four years ago, I was basically unemployed. He goes, he goes and tells, he just narrates, monologues Ugh. his story. And... Yeah. Well, I think I just picked up on that joke because you thought there was a, this was the third movie in the last podcast you were talking yes, about. Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. In, a, in a prior podcast, okay. I thought there were two other. I think it was Shazam's. Um, and <laughs> right. So, so I'm, yeah. I'm now known to be getting all of the numbers of the DC movies incorrect. I think it tells you something about those movies, though. Like you watch one and you think, you know, you'd watch. Two wow, that movies. felt like three movies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what else? I think probably. Um, the uh, the second Black Panther movie mm. had all that like underwater world realm, right. you know. Right. So maybe that maybe that got into your brain a little bit, and then you're like, I yeah. swear I've been back to Atlantis or wherever Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> can you guys can you guys remember the first Aquaman movie? I think all? I shut it off. I didn't get all the way through it. I know there was so much hype. No, no, guys, this is the DC movie that's going to really turn things around. You're not going to believe it, but it's going to be Aquaman. Wow, you wouldn't believe it. And I, I turned it on. I was like, this is the same crap. Like, Jason Momoa, I'm sorry, is not that charismatic. He's good, but he's not. I don't care that much. Um, Brian had this to say about the trailer. Says relatively amber, hardless trailer. Oh yeah. Except for a couple of frames near the end. Yeah, I think I saw that. She's like inside of a window or something, pounding on from the inside. Right, you can barely tell that it's her. Safe to say, she lost that war. Hey. 
I think, yeah, good question. I don't exactly see anyone rushing out to any Johnny Depp movies these days either. No, but I... Well, that's a fair point. I feel like he is on the side of public opinion, from what I've read, anyway. Yeah, but you subscribe to all those men rights magazines. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, you don't, you don't, right? You don't? Uh, I, don't yeah, know. I write for them. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Uh, Brian continues, uh, no shortage of CGI bullshit either, lol, which is is true. This movie was just an assault on the senses. Who oh my could God. possibly care about a second Aquaman movie? Like, does it, right? So much stuff just like flying at the camera. Yeah. They're still making movies for a universe that is in so much flux. Nobody knows where it is or what it is. It's supposed to be mm-hmm, wrapped. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't even get a chance to talk on this pod about The Flash. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Flash movie. <laughs> oh, I was hungover and watched that on a Sunday. And I, oh, man. Remember there was some, okay, sorry to kind of shoehorn it to The Flash a little bit. But there was that quote that came out. I think it was like Tom Cruise, like, called up somebody who did who was the director of the flash who was the director of flash and said this is how movies should be made and, and it, that's like, got, right too yeah, do you remember that quote yeah we talked about it on the pod <laughs> and all i could think about was that quote when i was watching this absolutely horrific movie <laughs> oh man why what yeah i don't understand like tom 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 you you were in a movie that was how movies should be made with right real stunts and everything like yeah. don't know how andy machete needs to be getting a phone call from you he also made a movie about that was based off of like groundhog day which was far superior to this movie do you guys uh, remember that one my, no which one was that it was the one with emily blunt yeah yeah i can picture it in my mind yeah yeah it's good tomorrow yeah tomorrow something tomorrow war or something yeah. like that horrible horrible name for a movie but it was a good yeah. movie yeah i heard good things about it and it was a and it was kind of based on this idea of the ground edge of tomorrow edge of tomorrow thank you That's thank you a, right right was that like a spacey movie or kind of i think you'd like or war yeah. kind of anyway yeah, yeah right. i think you'd like it but if you can find it i think it's on netflix it's one of those that's that, a doug lyman yeah 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 but i mean like I, i've always wanted to see that movie yeah well let's come over to my house and watch it but and then we'll watch easy perfect watch we'll watch the blink 182 movie together too. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> Double feature. but honestly like uh cruise you were just in mission impossible four which was, or sorry seven or whatever that one was the one that just came part out one part one and that was great and you jumped off a freaking mountain about it so i don't understand they're just standing around in a green room i hate it so anyways aquaman and the lost kingdom Ugh. it's gonna be crap the biggest green room of them all Sure. <laughs> yep. His costume looks good, though. I do love it when the costumes look like the cheesy 1960s oh, comic book colors. You like that? I do like it. Yeah, because everything just had to be this faded, muted, awful, ugly, hideous black for so long. Even Superman was just in this, mm-hmm. like, just dark navies yeah. and, you know? Yes, bud? Even the hints of it when they did the Luke Cage series and there's like that brief moment where he picks up like the bright yellow and then he puts it down. But it was just like, ah, Leo point. Yeah. You're doing the thing. Yeah. Get some colors back in your movies, everybody. Yeah, please. Come on. Stop desaturating everything. Next up, Percy Jackson and the Olympians. This will be an eight-episode series on Disney Plus with a two-episode premiere on December 20th. Again, this is your normal 
kid with dyslexia and ADHD who also happens to be a demigod and is going after the... Uh, what do they call it? The Master Bolt or something? It like Zeus's uh, lightning. Um, and this trailer, yeah, gives a gives a better insight into what the story is and will be. I remember you guys talking about Percy Jackson a few pods ago, and I I wanted to interject something, oh. and it would, you guys would have made fun of me oh. for interjecting this. But <laughs> I was gonna say, do you know who got her start? on Percy Jackson, like oh. her first major role. Who's that? Alexandra Daddario. Really? Oh, yeah. it's gotta come back to her. There we go. Yeah. Cue the White Lotus music. <laughs> yes, cue the White Lotus music. Anyway, that's the only, I remember seeing that she was a star of that movie. That was, I don't know, years ago. She was a star? She was like, maybe maybe she was the second lead or something in wow. that. But she, yeah, she was, yeah, she was in it along with whoever played Percy, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways, I don't know what that has to do with this. Nothing, but that's the only Percy Jackson excuse I remember. to talk about Alexandra Daddario. So yeah. there you go. Sounds like Art went a little too deep on her IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> Where can I find something to watch? <laughs> so that was 2010. Percy yeah. Jackson, the Olympians, colon, the lightning thief. Okay. Um, and also Percy Jackson, colon, sea of monsters from 2013. Wild. I forgot about those movies. Starring Alexander Daddario. <laughs> the Fall of the House of Usher. Mm. This is a Netflix eight-episode series, October 12th. Wild casting in this, just like... I, sorry, well cast, I would have to mm. say. And... Yeah, this is. I think this is based off a thing, but it looks like a very intriguing series we're talking about usher the artist the rapper oh uh, no this is this is this is an edgar Allan poe story usher is like the the family name of uh uh of this it's like a crime family and uh crazy things start to happen to them Oh, I was way off. <laughs> Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. Not Usher. Although I'd watch that, I think. Yeah, I would too. I was like, is Usher, did Usher do something wrong now? <laughs> the fall, the cancellation of the House of Usher. Yeah. No, no this is one of those miniseries on uh, Netflix, a horror miniseries. What were, what were those mm. uh, two last ones that uh, Netflix did that were so good that everybody liked? They were connected, the miniseries. The oh, The Haunted Houses? Yeah, yeah, yeah those ones. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember what those called. Those are pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every once in a while, Netflix will throw a miniseries out there that's pretty good. Uh, but, the, you know, it used to be like, they used to be boom. They'd hit every one. Yeah. When the when they were first creating content, now it's like one in every ten, maybe. Oh sure. Right. Sure. Yeah, they need a yeah. they need a win, and so clearly I have not looked at this <laughs> trailer or whatever it is. But oh, did yeah. you cancel Netflix? You did. I did. Yes. And nobody's asked for it. what happened. Right. Nobody has asked for it in a month. Uh, no. In your household. I. I got it. I got it. The uh, password from somebody. Oh, yeah, because we wanted to watch something at the house, okay. and so she dialed it up. So it is. It is in my bedroom. Uh, mm-hmm. On the Apple TV in my bedroom, the uh, Netflix, Netflix does work in there. Uh, yeah, but but I haven't really watched anything else on it. Like, if you recall, Paul canceled his Netflix, and he was going to wait and see if anybody in the house noticed. Yeah, and asked for to watch something. Yeah, yeah. and then no, absolutely nobody has. 
even I, who have you know, loved the I Think You Should Leave season three. Mm. I right. have just watched that other places. Mm. Yep. I just other friends' houses. Absolutely yeah. getting along without Netflix. Even I dialed up because I haven't seen this person in a little bit of time. And so I went in my bedroom last night and was like, Does my does that Netflix still work? Am I still <laughs> logged in here? And then sure enough, it is. Oh nice. And Amazing. Like, hmm. And then I was like, ah, let's see what's back on Crave. And I just turned my <laughs> You know, I I know my time with Netflix my is limited, and I still there's nothing that I draws me to it still. This is going to show my age, but the cast uh, highlights for me, uh, Carla Gugino, mm. uh, she was in Sin City, that cool uh, uh, stylized yeah. black and white rotoscope cartoon movie. Bruce Greenwood, who's he was oh, Captain yeah. Pike in some of the recent yes. uh, Star Trek movies. I know him from Great. an amazing series called Nowhere Man. She vo- he voiced um, Batman, too, in a few animated series and was really good. Oh, but that's so cool. That makes yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. Henry Thomas, the kid from E.T., obviously a grown-up now. He's he's in there as well. Huh. Um, but playing a role, playing the playing the role of a character named Arthur Pym, spelled P-Y-M, same as the Pym Particles, is Mark Hamill. I don't know if you noticed that Mark Hamill was in this. What? Uh, he's sort of like a butler kind of oh, character. Interesting. So is this still the house of Usher we're talking about? Yeah, yeah. So for many reasons, I'm very interested in seeing this. Next up, Frasier is back on Paramount Plus October 12th. And it looks like he's moved into his son's building because he wishes to spend more time with his son, much to the chagrin of his son. Comedy ensues. Is no one like Fraser here? Uh, I've watched like episodes here and there, but I don't like swear by it like some people I know. Yeah, our friend Caleb. Yeah, we have a friend who just, he will not stop talking about that damn show. Wow. Yeah, I feel like him and his wife yeah. uh, a year ago or so sat down and Fraser was one of these like compromise shows that they yeah. both could get into. Yeah. And, and they- Compromise show. Well, you know, it- you know what I mean, right? Like you and your partner yeah, want to watch do. something you both are going to enjoy. And, and yeah, Fraser was the crowd pleaser, evidently. I, is, yeah. that, I don't know that. He never told me that, but that's the vibe I get. Sounds right. Sure. And he loved it. And he kept saying how good Fraser was. Fraser, Fraser. Now, this one looks like a very weird Kelsey Grammer money grab. <laughs> you know, like nobody from the original series. Not his brother. Who's the guy who plays his brother? What's uh, his yeah, Niles. He's um, fantastic. That character is fantastic. I mean, he was an equally big part of that show. Yeah. But I mean, really, it was ensemble. It, it was started out as this Cheers spinoff, you know, where Kelsey Grammer is, you know, really carrying it. He's the star now. That's neat. But I think it really turned into an ensemble show, is my understanding Definitely. about Fraser. Yeah, like Roz and them. Yeah, his and dad. The whole, you know, the whole call in show. Like, that was a great angle. That was a great premise for a show. I'm mm-hmm. not sure that the premise of this reboot can carry you know well well i i what i kind of gleaned from the trailer is they're going to turn him into a tv show host now he's going to come back oh i must have missed that okay yeah i think they're going to do like a dr crane in the style of dr phil oh boy tv show as well as the instead of dealing with his father and his brother like in the last show now he's now he's the cranky old coot and he's hanging out with his son 
Yeah, the trailer sure hit those beats hard and multiple times. Like, Frasier is a a cultured man, you know, and don't sit on those pillows. Well, not in jeans, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's it's the one piece of casting that I pointed out that I really like is uh, Jess Salguero. Isn't uh, it? Who is playing? It looks like Fraser's son's girlfriend. Uh, she who is, is that? She looked familiar to me. Well, she is a Canadian actress who is on Letterkenny. She's one of the uh, hockey players. Oh, her name's Marianne, perfect. and she's so good in that. As is, and I just love so much to see these like Canadian Letterkenny people then get roles on Star Trek or Fraser. Totally. It's so yeah, rad. That's so great. Rad. And so so I hope it's good for her, but otherwise neat. I don't know. Are we gonna watch Fraser everybody? Fraser reboot? Mm. Yeah, not on my not on my list really. <laughs> Next up, Dream Scenario. This was a late drop into the cue sheet from art, and I watched the trailer twice. Yeah. Uh, this looks absolutely wildly fascinating. Nicolas Cage as your average older dude I think like university professor or something keeps popping up in everyone's dreams what a weird weird scenario and this is A24 who has a very good record or a very good record of doing these types of weird kind of like horror dramatic comedy even some comedy in there and that's what this looks like all mixed up interesting with Nick Cage able to be Nick's Cage which you know he like this guy now has proven he has all sides of the coin yeah and when he embraces the crazy Nick Cage it's just oh jeez so great. Okay, so I didn't watch this trailer, but does he, um, is it like, do you see the dream sequences mm. that he's appearing in for these people? Clips, yeah. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Little, bit, little dribs and drabs, little bits and bobs. And he's like talking to people around him. Oh, I was in your dream. How was I? That uh, that sort of thing. Oh, he knows what he's yeah. doing. Does he? What, do you already got the twist? Is that what it is? I don't know. Is he a bit of a I don't Freddy Krueger? I, I think he's more asking. I don't think he knows what he's doing in these people's dreams. But I, I, he seems to have a sense that he's not really affecting them. He's just sort of there. Did, did Which kind of makes it weirder. Yeah. Do you get the sense that this is going to be a horror movie? In um, not full on, but I'm sure it will have scary, freaky, weird moments. I feel like A24, their, their trailers, they're pretty good at... You know, giving a little misdirect with their trailers and stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking at right now, like, the moving thumbnail, and it kind of looks very similar to, uh, or in style anyways, to everything, 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 everything. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Maybe. A little bit. Yeah. No, I get that. And Nick Cage is on a bit of a roll here, guys. Is he not? Yes. It's a cage It's a cage That guy just gets to come back. Every movie he's in is a comeback, weirdly. <laughs> no kidding, right? You're so right about that, and that's bizarre. <laughs> it is kind How of How is that possible? I mean, but it is the way. Maybe it's because he's 
He's not really. I don't know. It's such, he's not really a huge box office draw. Like that Renfield movie didn't do big numbers, but I mean was, he was in the '90s. He was of the course. box office draw. But now he's not. But yeah. he's still in these wackadoo movies mm-hmm. where he's Dracula, and now he's this dream monster. It's wild. All right, and I still haven't seen Pig. And I want to see I it. I know. I know. Me too. Okay. Triple bill at my house. <laughs> Triple bill. <laughs> it is winter. Why not? Yeah, why not? Next up, The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar. This would be a Netflix film on September 27th. And this one kind of sneaks up on you because it's suddenly uh, stars Benedict Cumberbatch. And, and it has that style. And then you're like, oh. This looks so Wes Anderson. Well, it is Wes Anderson. Oh. Like, where did this come from? Well, oh, sure, I'll sit through any old Wes Anderson movie at least one time. Really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. one time I'll do it. They're interesting to watch enough. Yeah, a um, lot of these same crazy, you know, centered camera angles, mm-hmm. a lot of the self-narration, the monologuing and whatnot. And yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, keep keep them coming, Wes. Crank them out. Exactly. Really? I've never been a fan. Not really. I wouldn't say I'm a fan, like a huge Wes Anderson fan, but I, I find his visual style is neat enough, singular enough, that it's always kind of worth just checking out one time. Especially in a theater, if you can kind of sit there and actually let it wash over you. I, I kind of agree. They often don't stay with me or like desire a second watching, but yeah, they're good enough for that. And uh, I read another thing too about Wes Anderson that he recently was saying that the guy he wants to work with real badly that he hasn't yet is Michael Sarah. Really? Well, that's interesting. Yeah, do you find that interesting? Huh. Michael, guess who Michael Sarah is in? Guess what movie he's in? What? Dream scenario. Is he really? Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit of yeah, a serenade as well after his. Uh, his <laughs> Honestly, role in yeah. Barbie, yeah. Barbie, and yeah. He. I heard some stories about him just like not wanting to be a star, like, and he was like because he was getting so big there, uh, with uh, what was that movie? The the comedy. Scott Pilgrim. Uh, yeah, Scott Pilgrim, and then after that, it was the stupid comedy. Oh, him super and bad, super bad, yeah, yeah. super oh. bad, and of course, Arrested Development. Yeah, uh, and after that, he was like getting so famous, but he did not want to, and he kind of just shied away from Hollywood. Really, and that's why you don't really haven't seen him much in the past, whatever. How many so, so so years? So here he is back doing a few roles. Still needs to eat, right? Yeah, I so Greta got him back yeah. for uh, what do you call it there, Barbie? Yeah. Which is huge. He's a beloved part of that movie. Is he? Made a billion dollars. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going on okay for him. Next up, um, Nandor Fodor and the Talking Mongoose. Okay. This will be... Now, listen to this. Okay. This will be... Or, you know, has been... No, I guess both of these dates are done. It dropped in theaters September 1st and then went to digital 18 days later on September 19th. This is a Simon Pegg film. Mini Driver is also in it. And it's a and it's um like Christopher Lloyd is in it. Neil Gaiman is in it. Really? And it's about a village haunted by a talking mongoose that no one can seem to actually prove exists and or talks. Okay. And that's all I got for you. It is just that weird. And the trailer gave me nothing more. 
So, some of these movies that are coming out, like, uh-huh. kind of make you shake your head. But d- watch these movies be, like, good. And they're getting, you know, a little yeah, bit of no press kidding. right now because of the strike and mm-hmm. there's less stuff out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of these... Uh, some of these studios just like let's get anything out we got something in the hopper that we can get out let's get it out and you know sometimes it, it takes till award season rolls around for us to pay attention to you know a, more, a little more under the radar interesting movies and maybe now that'll be the kind of the unintended consequence of this writer strike is we'll pay attention to things like Nandor Fodor and the talking <laughs> mongoose Crazy. right maybe maybe who knows maybe we'll love it who'd have thought that, that love, would be the thing yeah I'd love for that to be the case our flag means death. This is the Max series. It's a trailer for season two, which drops October 5th. If you have not seen season one, do not watch this trailer. Uh, the whole trailer is about a big spoiler from the first season. So probably should just leave it at that. And you watched that first season there, bud? Yeah, I'm not positive that I finished it. But yes. Really? Okay. Did you not- like it? I heard some great things about this show. Oh my God! Yes, like you know, and it's like so much, so many things, right? It's just sometimes tough to just finish a thing or yeah. sit through the whole of a thing. But much like what we do in the shadows, which I am not like fully caught up on. Every moment that I'm in that world, I'm happy that I'm in that world. Mm. And mind you, let me put these two together. They're both Taika Waititi's, so yeah. you know maybe that says something too. Okay. All right. Well, neat. Uh, uh, yeah. Like I said, I've been hearing great things about it. So happy that it's getting a second season and uh, continuing on. A24 is back with a remaster of possibly the greatest concert film ever made. The Talking Heads Stop Making Sense. We've had teasers about this all year, but now we know that it will be in theaters in a matter of days. Uh, IMAX September 22nd and regular theaters September 29th. I have not checked to see if that's, you know, what's coming to Victoria. Great concert film. Yeah, not sure I'd go see it on the big screen, but maybe. Well, have you seen that concert film before? Oh my God, many, oh, so many times. Oh my God, yeah, I've got, you know, have the album, you know, and the album is obviously a different mix than the concert film because they they bring, you know, they they, uh, pump the levels for whoever's on camera kind of thing. So it's a little, uh, yeah, it's a more balanced uh, experience to hear the concert, just like the soundtrack. Mm. But yeah, great film, great performance. You know, it's talking heads in their absolute prime. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a ph- phenomenal concert film. Well, I was, I was filling in for a uh, morning show this morning. Jason Lamb was telling me uh, he's quite excited about what's going on with the Talking Heads now and was kind of explaining that to me. Do you know about that, bud? I do not. So apparently, you know, David Byrne, had, who's in the, he's the Talking Heads guy, right? Yes. Um, for a long time, there's been bad blood between him and the rest of the band. Yeah. And apparently he's come back to them and apologized for that like wow. hat in hand sincere apologies yeah 
And so there's all this, you know, these new pictures and and uh, instances of them, you know, arms all around each other, big smiles, you know, which hasn't happened for a long, long time. And so there's a lot of excitement in Talking Head fan communities that this could mean getting back together and possibly a reunion tour, which would be a big deal. Hugely big deal. Um, yeah. They, they have a much deeper catalog than you almost kind of think of. But actually, because when you think about Talking Heads, I don't know about you, but I just kind of think like, oh, yeah, a psycho killer. Oh, yeah, and once in a lifetime. Oh, and burning down the house. Oh, and take me to the river. And then, oh, and, and then she was. Oh, and and then you all, uh, This Must Be the Place is a phenomenal song. Your 20 songs later, you're like, oh, right. <laughs> Road to Nowhere is another one that I kind of more people. recently yeah. discovered. Yeah, they've got a lot of incredible songs. So get out there. Let's go. Let's see these things live. That'd be great. And finally, in coming soon, The Marvels, which we know is coming. Uh, There's just a pretty cool trailer for uh, the IMAX version of Marvels, uh, November 10th, in, in IMAXs. Can't wait to see it in IMAX. <laughs> Faster, better, strong, uh, higher, for, higher, further, faster. That's what uh, it is. Was this all the production of all this done before the strike? Must have been. Mm. Oh yeah, I think so. Oh no, they've been they've been doing um, press and stuff on this for a while now. Yes, they have. Yeah. And so they're just plowing that out. They're not moving the date on it or nothing. Doesn't matter. Seems not. Brie Larson no, doesn't have to go not. out and do any Tonight shows. They're just gonna put it <laughs> yeah, out on November yeah. the tenth. Oh, okay. It'll well, just survive on its own um, talent, I guess. Are we gonna go and see it? Is yeah. this gonna be pod date movie date? Hell yeah! Really? Actually, yeah, we should. Yeah, we definitely should. Oh, no way. I'm going to be in Thailand. Oh, my God, dude. (laughs) I'll have to hear about it from you guys. Oh, boy. I hope you post some extravagant Instagram stories. We'll see. I hope so. I regrettably have two pieces of not coming soon. One is that Winning Time has been canceled at HBO after two seasons. We go live to Art Aaron's. Why? <laughs> this is as bad as the Mine Hunter. Yeah. I, well, okay. Well, in what way is it? Does it leave us on a bit of a, a cliffhanger? Here? Well, a little. I mean, a little bit. And it makes sense now that I'm. They've rushed. I was going to review and recommendation the last, the, the second season, which I just finished up there. Uh, but it was really like they rushed through a bunch of things in the last couple of episodes, so it makes sense now. And this news broke, I think it was Monday, so yesterday, uh, that this news broke and everybody's gone wild about it. Mm. Yeah, it's, uh, and, and it's too bad because it starts off at a really like somber, really dark place. Like the first scene is... Magic Johnson testing positive for HIV. Yeah, right. Like, and this right. is, and this was a big, really big moment in the Hollywood sport. Ever all that whole scene in LA uh, when that happened, and we're like, wow, we're gonna, this is, we're gonna get this, yeah. and then it goes into this like wildly fun, you know, extravagant show uh, about the late seventies, early eighties, and Hollywood in that time, and the crazy things that are going on in the clubs with the basketball players and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, and they have this like Boston side to it as well, and it's like you're flipping in the city of Boston into L.A. It's real, lots of fun, yeah, yeah. and uh, and now they're not even going to get to that 
era where Michael tests positive. And that's right about the time little old, little little star basketball player, you might know him, Michael Jordan came onto yeah. the scene yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so wow, we're right. not going to get any of that. We're not going to get any of that. Uh, so yeah, it's really unfortunate. This was my fun Sunday night HBO show that I was watching. You were so into this. You were so into this show. I know it. Yeah, and you know, the first season was 11 episodes. This one was only seven episodes. So is it worth getting into for me? Because you're not yeah. the, now, now you're not the only one who's recommended me really? this show. Yeah. yeah okay. And uh, great soundtrack, I here as well yeah there's a good soundtrack to this yeah. yeah there's some good 80s late 70s pop songs in there that are pretty good okay, okay. and the, the, what's cool is they like they they use different film features to make it kind of look like at points like how something would be filmed in the 80s oh, too yeah. oh, i love grainy. that yeah. yeah i remember that from the trailers and i thought that was a brilliant move yeah the the casting is just so clear it, it um Adrian Brody, who plays Pat Riley, who right. we all know what happens with Pat Riley and what a giant he becomes, but yeah, he comes from know. humble positions. <laughs> He know. comes from a know. humble, small beginning, <laughs> and it's like shows in this. It's so funny. My my office, someone else is watching this who's not a sports fan at all, and he wants to talk about it every time. And he's not, and he doesn't know the future of what happens with all these characters. And I have that, so I'm kind of watching with hindsight. And he's like commenting on these without knowing what happens, which is like a different, yeah. And it's fascinating for me to see him do that commentary. That is neat. Um, so okay. 11 plus 7 episodes yeah. and do you think it's worthwhile to get into then and should I should I do those or am I just going am I going to be left like blue balling at the end of the, no, those episodes No because they finish it off and it's like why the hell did they do it so quickly there at the end it kind of has a game of thrones end Okay that's nah. what it kind of has yeah Okay but yeah. satisfying enough that it's worthwhile getting through? The first season and a half is widely entertaining. Okay. And, you know, it's a little bit of fiction mixed with, you know, nonfiction. So um, I think I think you'd enjoy it. And they're about an hour each episode. Okay. So it's a it's a it's an endeavor to watch every episode though. Sure, sure, sure. sure. So but you you get into it. You get to like you watch the first couple episodes and I think you'll you'll be right through just like the bear. You'll be trying to finish that first season. Okay. Yeah, look, yeah. we got a long winter ahead of us here, so I'm into it. Yeah. I like the recommendation. Yeah. One last thing in Not Coming Soon, which is a bit of a misnomer because it's not not coming soon. Well, I mean, it's kind of not coming. Okay, so the Lando series is no longer a series on Disney+. Plus. Apparently, the Donald Glover as Lando Calrissian property will now be a movie. A one-off movie instead of a longer series. A theatrically released movie or a Disney Plus released movie? So far, we don't know. We, that is that is definitely unconfirmed. We don't know if that means it'll be wide release or streaming release. Okay. Interesting. One way, it's kind of like, oh, okay, well, neat. I got, maybe that's neat. Maybe they were, that's a big vote of confidence. They were so stoked on what uh, Donald Glover was doing with the character Orlando that they thought, we can't just hide this on Disney+. Plus. We got to make this into a movie, mm. release it. It's kind of going to be a spiritual sequel successor to uh, Solo. Um, love it. Let's go. Let's go. But if we find out this is like a, it's still going to be on Disney+. Plus. 
Nah, but it's not yeah. worth putting series time and money into. So let's yeah, just... so now it's a two-hour, it's like a two-episode series instead of an eight-episode series. Yeah, let's just release what this piece of junk as a movie, a one-off, and then be done with it. You're right. It could go either way. I, I feel with the Star Wars and Disney right now, it's hard to give it the benefit of the doubt. But... This is our guy, Donald Glover, the childish Gambino. He has a way of making anything he does great. I agree. And I remember going into that solo movie. That was what I was most excited about. Yeah. Obviously, let's see some Lando. And let's see Donald Glover as Lando. Could not be more excited. And it was kind of one of the more underwhelming things about that movie. Oh, wow. I thought. I don't think I'm alone in that either. I remember thinking it was fine. His performance? Yeah. It was fine. It was fine. Yeah, but he kind of was just doing a Billy D impression, and it kind of was like, that's it? Yeah. I don't know. So I, I want this to be good. Don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Donald Glover fan. Yeah. And I like the idea of Lando being back at it, but I just don't know. That movie's kind of underrated, though, by the way. Solo? Yeah. Uh, yeah, really? Yeah. I, I kind of liked it. I think it's just rated. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Just right. It's rated. Um, I just could never get into buying that guy as Han Solo. I just... Really? Yeah. Uh, it's the curse of Harrison Ford. I'm so sorry. You could have called it anything else. You're right. There was good parts in that movie, the train heist yeah, and whatnot, yeah. and some cool chase yeah. scenes. and oh, Yeah, okay. I get it. I get it. But... And and that not like that guy Johnny McHaircut is not a good actor and wasn't charismatic Aaron, in his own Aaron right. Aaron Reich, Aaron Reich. Yeah, he's a great actor too, yeah. right? In Oppenheimer, he just yeah. crushed that role. Oh right, yeah. But I'm so sorry that every time I'm reminded that I'm supposed to be buying that person as Han Solo, I'm just like bumped right oh, out of the wow. movie. I, every time I'm like, that's not Han Solo. Why are you calling him that? Why is he oh, friends I with see, Chewbacca? Why giving him a different dog to be friends with? <laughs> like, it's, it didn't work. It didn't work for me. No one's replacing Harrison Ford for the rest of the time, please. Wow, Harrison Ford should get you as his PR guy. He doesn't need it. <laughs> Geek news proper. All right, so it finally happened. Marvel Studios visual effects workers voted unanimously to unionize with IATSE, which is the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees. Quick pause. It's also a terrific full- game with dice. IATSE, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> its full title is the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, comma, moving picture technicians, comma, artists and allied crafts of the United States, comma, its territories, comma, and Canada. <laughs> that is the full acronym for IATSE. Well done. Initially. Well done yeah. to perform that. <laughs> Ridiculous, right? <laughs> yes. Anyways, but- all I have to say about this is good. I mean, for it to be unanimously, like how many members are we talking here? How many artists said yes and not a single one said no to unionize? Great question. Um, I don't have that in this article, but you have to think a lot. Uh, it's, because it's more- I mean... 
they use so many effects houses per movie you yeah, know yeah, they yeah. contract all of these little these little effects houses to do like these this scene or that punch or this explosion because there's so much in a Marvel movie and when you go through the credits I'm always watching it's just like right. visual effects by one two three four five there's like six seven eight nine ten companies in one movie it's got to be a lot of people and if they're all feeling the same way love that it was a unanimous vote yeah so it was like does every single worker get a vote and that's and it was all unanimous like or is it probably a rep from each company okay okay still it's a guess. I'm we not can't sure. get 10 dentists to agree on new toothpaste so right. <laughs> that's huge that that was unanimous and I think it speaks to a huge labor movement that's happening yeah. across all of workers right now yeah. which is great but I also think it, it speaks to how bad the conditions are for these particular workers it's, it's a wake up call to the entire industry that you know the spread of wealth needs to be spread a little bit more yes Holy smokes. There's a Vulture article from January that says, according to effects and gaming directory site Studio Hog, there are now 582 visual effects houses worldwide and somewhere between 31,000 and 117,000 workers working VFX. Not Marvel, but just like across the world. But again, you look at that and how many Marvel pluck out per movie. That's oof. That's incredible. Incredible. But congratulations. All being terribly. Yeah. That's so, yeah, congratulations, definitely. Yeah. Next up, which streaming service cancels TV series at the highest rate? This is from Variety. Do you want to go around and, and, and guess? What do we think here? Mm, Netflix Ooh. is bad for this. We know that. But HBO. We thought it would be high. Yeah. HBO has also been axing things pretty crazily these days. So Max could be top of the list. Um, gosh, I don't know. I think I have to go with my gut and say Netflix. Art, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think Netflix is definitely probably the highest, but it's probably closer than you think. Bud? I was going to say Disney. Oh, okay. Oh, I thought he just had the information in front of him. Yeah. Okay, so what is it? No. Uh, Hang on. Oh, it's Max. It is. It's Max. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. In second place is broadcast, so TV. Oh. Third place is Disney. Then Paramount. Sorry, it's not a numerical order. Then Hulu. Then overall streaming, then overall TV, then Netflix, then Peacock, then Prime Video. Wow. Interesting. Then cable, lowest on the list, Apple TV Plus. Yeah, Apple TV doesn't cancel anything, it feels like. It feels like they just yeah. they just make something and they believe in it and then they go again. Except severance. <laughs> They'll get around to it, bud. I sure hope so. But the rest of these, I guess there's just so many more shows that we don't really know or aren't on our radar that are being and produced. And that's the thing, I wouldn't there. have, I, I, I maybe would have thought, Max, if I'd watched anything, because I, you know, I, I have, I have Prime and Disney Plus. I don't have, you know, whatever Max is on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much they're canceling. And when we read these things on these podcasts, I maybe don't connect it with, you know, which studio is canceling them. But mm-hmm. uh, and, that's, yeah. And it's a huge jump. Like, uh, Max is 20, 20, 27%. And then broadcast is like 26.6. And the next one is Disney at 21.1. So Max is ahead by a century. Wow. Like they're, they're canceling shows far more than anybody else. So uh-huh. I guess my theory on that is 
First off, Max is terrible. Why? Why? Uh, <laughs> the name you're talking about? Yeah. yeah, so uh, yeah. But like HBO is known for having very um, excellently produced shows. And I think they put a lot of money into it and a lot of time and effort and all that. And I think perhaps maybe they get onto something and if it doesn't perform right away, that they can't afford to keep going with it. Yeah. And they make that decision really quickly. And I don't know if that is the reason for winning time being canceled. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. It. I think the show probably is pretty expensive to make. Um, and maybe it didn't get a whole lot of viewership because it's about basketball. So... You know, I think I think I think maybe that has something to do with it. The level of production that goes into an HBO show. So maybe that's the reason. Next up, Tim Burton says he's in, quote, quiet revolt over Michael Keaton reprising Batman. And reading the quote, it it might be more of a an ai or cg thing uh so this comes from consequence and it's an interview with the british film institute and unsolicited inclusion of his characters i mean the his characters the you know the batman characters in the flash uh, and studios using ai to replicate characters or other film concepts so the quote is also it goes into another ai thing and this is why i think i'm over it with the studio They can take what you did, Batman or whatever, and culturally misappropriate it or whatever you want to call it. Those are not the correct words, sir. Even though you're a slave of Disney or Warner Brothers, they can do whatever they want. So in my latter years of life, I'm in quiet revolt against all this. Wow. Right? I'm I'm with you, Tim. Quite a quote, Mr. Burton. Yeah, I'm kind of with you here. We were all supposed to get so jazzed up about that Batman, the one we grew up. (laughs) Michael Keaton in the rubber suit. He's coming back, dude. He's coming back. Wow. Aren't you jazzed about that? Wow. It's his same kitchen. Old Batmobile. Old costume. Old man. And here we got Tim Burton being like, it's not the same thing. It's a bastardization yeah. of it. Yeah. That's what he's thinking. Yeah, like, we lovingly crafted and, and made this, like, perfect tone for Batman. It's score by Danny Elfman and just, like, the way that Tim Burton makes movies in a very singular way. And you think that you can just, because you got the actor and you recreate the same suit that he was wearing and I guess maybe the same plane and I guess a set... But you pluck him into yet another CGI nightmare of a movie, and you think we're going to get the same warm fuzzies about that? Like, that's... I'm Shame on us for even getting excited about this. (laughs) Is it a shame on Michael Keaton as well? Uh, No, I don't want to be mad at him. Let's say you're Michael Keaton. You get asked by the studio to do this. You're going to get whatever his... He's oh, yeah. probably 10, 20 million, whatever it is for this movie. Yeah. Do you think he th- goes, man, I should go talk to Tim about this. What does he think? Or do you think, do you mm. think he just goes right into production? Who gives a shit crap what Tim said, says about it? I, yeah, it sounds like he didn't talk to him. Yeah. I, yeah. I think I probably would have talked to Tim Byrne about it. Yes. But I think also, I don't know. Michael Keaton's an award-winning actor and he was going around on talk shows years ago t- saying that he's Batman. Yeah. You know, he probably just thought it was a great fun opportunity to play Batman again and, you know, re-cement himself as Batman. I don't yeah. take him as one of those actors who like takes his roles 
like anymore. You know how some some actors are really okay. I'm gonna take this role like really picky and choosy. Yeah. I kind of feel like Michael Keaton's at a stage in his career where he'll just take anything at this point. Think so? I think so. Interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think this kind of shows shows it a little. He's a great actor though, and he's great in everything he does. But yeah. this to me was like this is just a cash grab for him. I lost a little respect for him, honestly. I don't want to say bring, cash that's gra- why I bring it up. Yeah. When he was in the Flash, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I don't want to say cash grab. I I just think I think he liked more the opportunity to be Batman. There's nothing yeah. wrong with being a cash grab, but I I just think he's better than this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, all right, okay. This is where we need Brian. Art, shut the hell up. (laughs) (laughs) He wouldn't say that, but he'd have some like empathetic, very sage, super sage. He'd know how uh, Michael Keaton was feeling. Yeah, Yeah, but also on the Tim Burton side as well, how Tim probably feels about it. And so that's kind of where I'm at as well. I'm not mad at either of these guys, but I absolutely see Tim Burton's point here. And then Brian would shake his head and walk out of the room and or do uh, start singing the song when this story comes up. Apropos of nothing, Stephen King says his wife threatened to divorce him if he didn't stop playing Mambo Number 5 while he was writing horror novels. I have no idea why this is suddenly a thing, but uh, he was interviewed in the the Rolling Stone and... um, yeah, this comes out. Uh, he's like, my wife threatened to divorce me. I played that a lot. Hilariously, he's like, I had the dance mix. I loved those extended play things, and I played both sides of it, and one of them was just a total instrumental. Wow. And I played the thing until my wife said, until my wife just said, one more time, and I'm going to effing leave you. Wow. Which is so... That's great. Uh, get some headphones, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you can afford them. Listen, we all like Mambo number five. Everyone yeah. likes Mambo number five. True. The trumpet. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't annoy your wife with it. Come on. <sighs> Finally, in Geek News proper, the September 14th Nintendo Direct. This happened just after we recorded last week. And I don't know. Part of me was like... Okay, Nintendo, if you've released The Legend of Zelda, colon, Tears of the Kingdom, I guess there's nothing else happening for your system, which, you know, is sort of past its prime and ready to be, you know, if if it's a typical hardware cycle, ready to be replaced. But no! Frickin' Nintendo just, like, opened up the fire hose and dumped so much content on us which is very exciting and honestly kind of frightening how many games I want to play now. I know. Do you want to go through this list? This massive list you've got on here? I'm going to sort of speed round it. Okay. But yeah. Okay, let's speed round it. So there's a new Among Us map called The Fungal. There's DLC for Splatoon 3. Uh, There's a new Wario game called Move It. They're bringing Contra back uh, which is an old, you know, uh, 8-bit shoot-em-up game. Yeah. Detective Pikachu returns October 6th. That's a new they game? Remastered- whole, whole nother game for Pikachu? Whole nother game, yeah. Okay. Yep. They've remastered Tomb Raiders 1 through 3. <laughs> so these are like your classic yeah. Tomb Raider polygon-shaped body. Uh, interestingly, you can toggle, toggle between the old and the new graphics, and they come with all the expansions and the secret rooms. Um, going off of games for a second, Nintendo is building a museum. It's opening in March... 
in Uji, in Uji City, in the, in the Kyoto Prefecture, it's a whole museum about Nintendo's legacy wow. of cool. gaming from their beginnings as a Hanafuda card company. I was going to say, it'd be really neat to see some of those old cards. I absolutely hope they've got that in there. You know, like the the family connections with the, the Yamauchi family who started Nintendo are still pretty strong. So I would love to think that they've gone into their closets and said, oh, let's put this in the museum. Yeah, neat. The Zelda and Ganondorf amiibo that we knew were coming now have a date. That's November 3rd. And then we go into the games. <laughs> Something I'm very much looking forward to coming to Switch is Trombone Champ. Like, this is just like your rock band or all your other games, except you're playing a trombone. Hilariously, though, you play it very unconventionally you can either use your Joy-Con and move it up and down to try and... Because in a rhythm game, you know, the, the, the bars come at the notes on different heights of the game. Mm-hmm. So you move your Joy-Con up and down to, 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 to try and match where it's going to hit and play the correct notes. However, the right Joy-Con has an infrared um, sensor on the bottom of it. So you can put that, aim that forward, and then move your hand like a, like a trombone player. Wow. Um, very realistic to try and hit those notes. I don't know why I'm so jazzed on this game, but it's just, it's so funny and so stupid and sounds so hilarious, especially when people get the notes wrong. I'm thrilled that Trombone Champ is coming to Switch. I'm happy for you. <laughs> Thank you. Somebody has to be. Uh, Mario versus Donkey Kong, puzzle platformer with the stolen Mini Mario toys for yeah. February 16th. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, the final booster course pass wave six coming out October 6th. Um, an old DS game from 2005, I think. It was called Trace Memory when I played it. I think its original title was uh, Another Code. So they've got two games, the original game and the sequel, coming to Switch January 19th. Very puzzly game. You play this uh, white-haired girl, young girl named Ashley on the ridiculously named... <clears throat> Blood Edward Island. Anyways, there's <laughs> mysteries to solve. There's ghosts. There's puzzles to figure out. Uh-huh. It's a pretty good story. I'm very curious to know if the pacing will be something you can play in 2023 without getting bored, because in 2005, we had a lot less calls on our attention. Sure. Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown, is coming January 18th to Switch, or January 15th, three days early if you get the Deluxe Edition. This, again, is the sort of modern graphics, side-scrolling looking new Prince of Persia adventure, but then occasionally turns like full 3D, and you can see all the cool moves and everything. I love Prince of Persia. It's a fantastic game, fantastic series. Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. This was the first of the Paper Mario series that I played. I played four other Paper Mario games, but not the OG. This isn't the OG. This was actually the second one that came out. It was a GameCube title. They're remastering this for Switch. I am playing the hell out of this. It is one of the funniest Mario titles I've ever played. The writing in this game phenomenal and you know the battle system and just the whole idea of the world and how everything is made of paper and a lot of the things you do are about folding or unfolding the environment to move forward in your puzzles very cool princess peach colon showtime a game just about her March 22nd, so she can be Sword Fighter Peach, she can be Chef Peach, she can be Detective Pikachu, no, Detective Peach, sorry, <laughs> she can be Kung Fu Peach, which is kind of neat, Japanese game embracing a Chinese martial art, um, you know, and it's set within a theater, and you, your antagonist, your antagonist is named Grape, 
<laughs> um, and you have to like, I don't know, steal back the show from her. And I guess you're acting in these costumes, but yay. Thank you. Let's get our female protagonist her own friggin' game. Yeah, but different than a Mario game, not a platformer, not an adventure so much. Exactly. Because there was a one game, a DS game, I think, called Super Princess Peach, where it was pretty much Mario who looked like Princess Peach, and you just do the same kinds of things. Luigi's Mansion was a launch title for the GameCube. They came out with a sequel on a different system, the Nintendo (laughs) DS. It was called Dark Moon. Uh, They are bringing it back for Switch, so they're just calling it Luigi's Mansion 2 HD. I thought it was a very competent sequel to the original i just but i just love luigi's mansion me too i did enjoy two more than i enjoyed the more recently released three so really i will be playing this one yeah yeah i found three just a bit is neat it's set in a hotel i just found it a bit more formulaic interesting they had the gooigi in in three though right yeah that's right that was actually a really nice um nice way to get in co-op nice way to have another player help and great way to solve puzzles mm-hmm. definitely mm-hmm. And maybe the biggest news of the whole thing is Super Mario RPG. This will be remade for the Switch coming out next month. No, two months from now, November 17th. I know nothing about it, but everything I've seen makes me want to play it. Really? You play RPG? No. No? Okay. I think this was one of the... I think this was the next 3D Mario title after... uh, Super Mario 64. 64, yeah. Right. Um, Which was, and and Super Mario 64 was like a literal industry game changer for the graphics and the camera movement and what you did. Even I played that that game. 64? Exactly, exactly, right? Transcended. But RPG is what? A similar type of game? Well, RPG stands for role-playing game, so this was a role-playing game with Mario because it had always been like a platformer kind of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's the direct yeah we linked to that in the show notes and and that's that's all we have on the cue sheet so i mean unless art watched something from 10 years ago on peach tree <laughs> i don't know if we have anything more for the pod but uh, uh hey art well under siege no uh, uh <laughs> are we gonna talk about the ahsoka show last episode oh yeah because we're on a weird schedule where we record on tuesdays when they come out on tuesdays yeah, yeah so we're behind an episode each week yeah. But sure, yeah, absolutely. Let's talk a little Ahsoka, sure. I really enjoyed Hayden Christensen in that last episode. Oh, thanks for jogging my memory. Yeah, did you? Oh, God. Yeah, I knew Paul would have that reaction. But this kind of gave us an, gave him an opportunity to act. Because I feel like yes. he hasn't had that opportunity yet. Even in Obi in Kenobi, he didn't really have that opportunity. No. Um, this one, he really had an opportunity to show us, you know, the general from the Clone Wars, the 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 master, the master to Ahsoka. Well, and, the Anakin character, as opposed to the Darth Vader, not yes, really much of a character. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and there, you know, kind of give us a little bit of closure. I know Rebels gave us a bit of a closure to that to that relationship. Uh, Anakin and um, and Ahsoka, but to give us more on top of that, it, I didn't think I needed it. And mm. but I liked what they did here, and I liked that it gave Hayden Christensen an opportunity to play that role. And those flashback scenes were absolutely incredible, guys. They were. They were really well done. You weren't into it, no, Paul? No. You weren't into those flashback scenes. Counterpoint, no. I hated them. I hated oh, wow. it. So oh, that wow. So battle, that battle was the one that was going on during Revenge of the Sith. 
and Ahsoka was at that battle, and she, and he didn't remember it. Wow. Anakin didn't remember that battle because he wasn't there. Right. He was, and that also explains where Ahsoka was during Revenge of the Sith. Sure. Yeah. So I thought that was a nice key piece of information there. Mm-hmm. Good. What? I'm glad you liked it. I hated it. I th- I just like. <sighs> I don't watch those cartoons. <laughs> and I bought into the show even without having this love and reverence for those cartoons. I don't think you have to have a love and reference for those cartoons to to enjoy the back and forth between Anakin and Ahsoka here. Well, I don't. Great. Thank you. But Thank I just you. I just like it just felt like, hey, wouldn't you like to see your favorite cartoons in live action now? We made your live action into cartoons, and now we're going to go back and make your live action and your cartoons into live action. And I just hated it. And I was like, I don't need to see this. I didn't like those cartoons, and I don't care about them, and I don't need to see it. Hayden Christensen is this character anymore. In that costume, which looks ridiculous, by the way, in, in that- live action. What? In that costume? I hope, sorry, just to interject here, I hope that uh, being a week behind on the series uh, is okay that we jumped right the freaking to spoilers for last week's show. <laughs> Wait, was that a spoiler? I guess it was. Because, boy, we did. We jumped right in. I suppose, yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't like it. I didn't like it. But, but by the end of the episode, I understood that it was serving a purpose beyond feeding cartoon fans member berries. It... It like the the episode was pretty good. You needed Ahsoka to be lost for an amount of time for other stuff to happen, to give other people things to do, and then before you found her, and then while she was lost, she was in this dream world or this afterlife or whatever. The having this, worlds. Yeah, having this like adventure with Anakin. I <laughs> I guess it gave her something interesting to do while she was just laying unconscious. And they found her and it bought time and uh, uh, I, I like I came around to it. I was like I was mad at it for being a filler episode and not moving the plot along, but then I understood it did move the plot along of the entire series eventually. And in the meantime, it did something kind of neat in this like afterworld flashback way. But but I but in the moment I was like, oh, I don't care. I don't care about the Clone Wars. I don't care about that at all. Uh, what did you think, think you need to. What did you think, Vod? No, I do um, need to, because that's what the episode was doing. Yeah, but I didn't need to get all the references. I have not watched the cartoon show, and I think they fed you just enough to give you the idea of what was happening. What I thought of episode five was... Thank goodness, because I just I just came out of episode four with a bit of an icky taste in my mouth. I think same as Kirsten. Oh. The de-aging on Hayden Christensen, I thought, was just a bit too much. And it's just this long hold on his face. And then we cut to black. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to see a whole episode of that. But in episode five, he got to act. Yeah. And then the whole face thing was less important to me. And it was more about what he was showing Ahsoka as they went through the different scenarios. And it also gave us more layers to Ahsoka for someone who hasn't watched the Clone Wars. Paul. <laughs> they Ahsoka has like she questioned the way of the Jedi. Yeah. 
and she 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 like obi-wan kenobi played the soldier was always the soldier yeah until the end when he kind of realized you know the jedi were wrong (laughs) whereas ahsoka before that figured it out that the jedi was wrong and i i i I, it gave us more of that backstory which i think people who haven't watched the ahsoka uh, uh, in the clone, the cartoons. Uh, Why is it, is it a derogatory? It sounds like a der- The way you say it is derogatory. They are cartoons. <laughs> um, anyways, it again showed just like how how badass Ahsoka is, and I think that's the that's the biggest thing that's coming from this show. Like her, there's a reason why she's a beloved character in Star Wars. It's because she's so badass. Yeah, she is. She really is. So, um, yeah, I loved it. I, I, and I wish someone here, Kirsten <laughs> and Brian, who probably has a nice middle ground on this. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you know what this show is doing mm. uh, holistically as well? Mm, mm. I, I, I was thinking about watching it. It is embracing the, the, fan, the real fantasy side mm. of Star Wars, I think. Mm, mm. Whereas, like... The um, Andor is more grounded, right? And it does that really well in itself. It is great. They're both great in their own ways, but that is like a grounded, gritty, realistic style. Of what it would be like, um, you know, with the, with the, the Empire. Well, Andor, kind of yeah. like this adult political show. Yeah, and right. then there's this like drama. this is like. It's a fan. It's almost like a fantasy side of Star Wars. A lot of these images that we're seeing, and you know, the 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 other world, whatever it's called, that Ahsoka is in, there, her stream of consciousness. Yeah, the um, world between worlds. Yeah. yeah, the world between worlds, and the way they're gonna bring back Thrawn or whatever. It's it's yeah, it's a fan. It's a fantasy version of Star Wars, and I think both these shows do it great in their own way. A 16-year-old actor by the name of Ariana Greenblatt played young Ahsoka. And another reason I wish Kirsten was here is that uh, I thought she looked familiar, wasn't a huge fan of the casting, but I got some ideas about that too. And now she's not here and we can't hear because she was also Sasha in Barbie and young Gamora in Avengers. Did you do it? What did it cost you? Right. Right. She has that line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was great. Yeah. (laughs) What did we think of the Purgle at the end of the show? What? The what? The space whales. Oh, yeah. I liked it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? A what? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I thought it was neat. I like, uh, well, I mean, I don't know. They're space whales. Again, fantasy, right? Like, this is... Extreme space whales. Though. She, she has, like, yeah, she has a mind meld with the whale. Yeah, yeah. I thought she was just gonna touch his face and be like, "I need more krill." <laughs> <laughs> and this oh, Ahsoka boy. is very calm and at peace with things, and like at peace with not knowing mm-hmm. what's gonna happen next. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of yeah, like I think that. that comes from her time in the world between worlds. Yeah, I like. She's that. really zen on the whole thing. Oh. She's yeah, she is great. Look at the the this this particular episode for me was again because I don't I don't care for a lot of it. it was a weak point, but I am just very excited actually now to rush home and watch the next episode because I'm interested in where we are. 
I liked the Ray Stevenson bad guy, the Count Baylock, whatever his name is. Yeah. And his blonde apprentice and going to a different galaxy and the hunt for Thrawn and all that, I think is neat. I think it's a good show. And I think that's why I was mad at that episode is because it didn't do enough to progress that plot. It was a detour to go back and remember the cartoon show. And that's why I didn't like it. But I'm very excited this week to go home and just like, let's get back to it. And now Ahsoka rode a whale to a different galaxy. And so I'm excited to see what happens in that galaxy. Maybe there'll be a purple Yoda. Can you imagine? (laughs) <laughs> but there'll be likely new things there, and those, a totally different, yeah. Voice. Those space whales go into hyperspace space. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, they're turbo whales. It's very cool. Like they when they when they do the star thing, they look like they've got the same sort of rocket blasting white lights, and then they go boom, and then they're gone. And like they're obviously accurate enough to traverse these galaxies um, precisely to not end up in a planet. And I love that idea. I think that's a a really neat mechanic. But as you say, Paul, that uh, mechanic gets us back to Balin Skull and uh, Shin Hadi and uh, Morgan Elspeth and all these other characters from the beginning that are pretty great and bad. And Sabine's there too now. So we've Mm -hmm. got, I don't know, two against three. I am kind of sad to leave Hera behind though because Are I you? yeah I like her I know y'all were you grew saying, to like her hey yeah I did too yeah I never I never really had a beef with her like y'all did I never saw so much Ramona Flowers going on I don't know oh maybe God, it's been a, long, it's a long time since I watched Sky Pilgrim or, but I've also seen her in a lot of other things where she's always great I'm always just a big fan of Mary Elizabeth Winstead mm-hmm. and so I actually didn't see very much of her under all the makeup and the long I just see her horns and it really and yeah. it bothers me it kind of bothers yeah. me I do too. It doesn't mm. really bother me, but it bumps me. It's yeah. all I can see. It's just her, and it's her voice. It's primarily her voice for me, right? Which I love that part of her performance as well. Like that scene where she's, yeah. you know, chirping and arguing with the robot while she's trying yeah. to fly the spaceship up in the sky. Like, which to me is was, so freaking Ramona Flowers. It is. Yeah. See, I didn't mind it. Again, it's been a long time since I got Pilgrim, but I loved. I love her in this as this character. So I'm kind of sad to be leaving her behind, but I'm excited to see where our our best friend Ahsoka goes in her wild, wacky adventures. I also enjoyed uh, our pal Appa from Kim's Convenience oh, yeah. and his reaction yeah, right. to the feeling of the force. And he was like, oh, okay. And Connor just <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, that was, was so... He's yeah. so nonplussed about the whole thing. He's just... Shrug. All it, right. it was a Harrison Ford Indian... Yes. You know, it was, it was, yeah, it was yeah. that Han Solo <laughs> reaction to the Force. Remember, Han was always like, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I felt like there was some of that in, in his reaction to the Force, which I loved that. Yeah. Loved it. That was good. Anything else for the pod, my friends? I don't think so. I watched. Then go watch Ahsoka because we're recording this on Tuesday night, and the episode's yeah. been out for just under two hours. And uh, and hey, I'm sure I'm, I'm guessing that maybe you'll hear this on Wednesday, the twentieth. I hope Ahsoka was great. The latest episode. We'll uh, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Art Aronson, where can we find you on the internet? At Art Aronson, Paul. At Paul Blasino, mostly on Instagram these days. I still am on Twitter. I haven't tweeted in ages. I choose not I to. Know. I choose not to tweet, and I choose not to also call it X. Certainly. And yeah. oh my God, we didn't really talk about this this week, but uh, there's rumors that it's going to be just a pay service now. 
Oh yeah, he wants God. to. He, his his. This is his excuse to to shut down bots. Is he thinks if uh, if they charge everybody, yeah. then all the bots will go down. These bots seem to be a huge problem to him. So we'll, well, we'll see how that goes. Well, oh. it'll it'll shut down the whole thing. Is what it'll yes, do. Yes, it absolutely will. Yeah, it's. I believe the figure it is less than one third of one percent of users on Twitter pay for Twitter Blue. Is that why that clip keeps coming up from the social network? It keeps coming up on my reels, and it's the clip where uh, Eduardo is talking with Trey Parker, played by Justin Timberlake, and they're having an argument over should they advertise, because Mark is there, and should they advertise on Facebook at that time? And Mark thinks no. And Eduardo says we should make some money off of this. And Trey is like... No, it's like being invited uh, to a party that shuts down at eleven. That was his. Mm. That was his line. In Interesting. It. So it's like, okay. should we? You know. Sh- anyways, that keeps popping up in my reel. So maybe that coincides with this X news or whatever about pay only. <laughs> I mean, if it goes that way and it all shuts down, which it will, because I certainly, I don't care if it's a dollar a year. I am not paying. No. I'm absolutely not giving them my absolutely. credit card. I, absolutely not. So, and it's a shame because I'll miss it. I like all the little jokes on. There and I hope that they all the interesting, cool, creative people migrate somewhere else. So at Paul Blasino, mostly on Instagram, twitch.tv slash webmeisterbud. This has been the Zones Geek Up Podcast, episode 257. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. The Geek Out Podcast is a production of the Zone at 91.3. The views expressed here are not necessarily those of this radio station. And really, some of those views are pretty stupid. I mean, come on. For more on-demand audio from The Zone, visit thezone.fm slash podcasts or the on-demand tab of our app. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being a zoner.